welcome to Love Attraction in Action. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Michelle Joy and I am your host. And as always, I'm so excited to expose the world to these amazing people who are doing amazing things all by using their mind and the power of the universe. And everybody I meet that comes to me has an amazing story And I'm so excited for my guest today because he has a different perspective and I'm so excited for him to share his perspective. But first, let me tell you about who my next guest is. His name is Robert James Walls Jr., also goes by Jamie. He was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I love his accent, by the way. But he moved out west to do college basketball and majored in business. He is the founder and CEO of Coast to Coast Ballers Enterprises, where his website, coasttocoastballers.com, has over 2 million viewers and even has Barack Obama following him on Twitter. And Jamie, that is so impressive in itself, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I actually, um, it's really humbling. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like to make a joke and say I'm a baby uh community organizer because you know that's what he was in the beginning in Chicago he was like in communities organizing trying to help out people so you know I'm like kind of in that stage so like it just makes sense for him to follow me in my mind anyway so yeah oh I love it I love it so Jamie what I start with all my interviews with is the one question is how did you come into the law of attraction and how's it changed your life oh my god um I you know I think I wasn't aware of it but it's been it's I've been subconsciously showing it since I was a teenager. Um, I think the the whole, okay, so I think like when I was like 14 years old, I decided that I was going to go with my intuition on what I wanted to do. And that was my form of, you know, the law of attraction, um, the form of my beliefs, what I want to do, what I what makes me feel good and not necessarily listen to what somebody else would tell me um, would feel good or what I should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on fire ever since. <laughs> and what was that thing? What did you want to do? Well, my first love was basketball, of course. So, you know, growing up in New York City, you know, basketball was life. You know, it was do or die in basketball. I mean, it was, you know, they say New York City, the Mecca of basketball. So, and, you know, Michael Jordan is born from, born from Brooklyn. So born in Brooklyn before he moved to North Carolina. So it was some pride stuff there. Um, you know, all the basketball players that I know of, all the, you know, there's so many great basketball players that I had, um, I was lucky enough to play against or see play. Um, we all took pride in being scorers just like he was. And we really disciplined ourselves to really train and practice to be the best we can be to represent, you know, that, that energy of being such a good basketball player. So that was my first love basketball. And, you know, even though I wasn't tall, you know, people, um, I didn't let anybody tell me, you know, that I couldn't do it or, you know, I didn't even really get that much support from my parents either. You know, like some parents, you know, cause I'm working, I'm working with a lot of kids now and I notice a lot of parents, they come to the games and I love it all. Right. And they supportive, they paying for AU games to travel and all that stuff. When I was coming up, my parents didn't really go to any games and I, no, no disrespect to them. You know, my father had his, you know, his business and stuff that he had going on and my mom's was doing her thing. She had, she, she was working too so you know you know they was busy but um you know I had to have that self discipline to you know to train and get better on my own when it and came what out. I love about Michael Jordan actually a lot of people in sports they have been using 
the positive mindset for so long, like Olympic training, people training for the Olympics or, but Michael Jordan, especially, he talks a lot about this power of his mindset. So did you know that when you kind of were looking up to him and like, how did he do it? Or what did you learn from him? It's interesting. um, Well, I think, I think the main thing I learned from him is to not worry about um, just attacking, like just, just being aggressive. That's the, I think that's what I noticed right away with him is that, you know, he didn't have any fear. He just attacked. And that was right up our alley. Cause in New York city, that's, that's the mindset, you know, most pe- most guys, you know, growing up when I was growing up, um, they, the mindset was, you know, being aggressive and attacking, you know, when it comes to sports and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much being the, the best at what you do. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not, I would be completely transparent. I'm not a sports person, so I couldn't really talk much about sports, but I have so much respect Mm -hmm. for people who work really hard in their trade. So tell me more about then you ended up, how did you end up on the West Coast and where did your journey lead? Um, Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll elaborate on that. Um, Let me tie it together though with the Michael Jordan and the the mindset thing and, um, you know, the, the whole theory of sports players and, you know, having a positive mindset. Cause what, cause what I do is, you know, I've, I've realized I had the awakening that or the awareness that, um, you know, and I think other people have talked about it too. I'm sure. Um, the way that we disciplined ourselves in sports, the way that I became a, a great basketball player and won scoring titles and stuff like that is that I trained and I practiced, um, and I built my confidence and, I did it over and over and consistently until I got really good and I built my confidence and I became a champion. That the the translation from that is in everything. So in your family life, in your business life, in your relationships life, um, you incorporate those principles and you can't lose in anything that you do. So that's what this mantra that I have now called the ball of mindset is all about. Tell me more about that. Um, yeah, I definitely can get into the ball of mindset. Um, so it's funny because if I tell you about the story of me coming to the West coast, that's another form of my ball of mindset that I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to articulate it. I was just in motion. Like one of my nicknames, my public figure page is young motion is Robert Wall Jr. When I was a kid, people called me motion. Well, really slow motion because I tell you a sad story. Well, not really sad, but just, you know, a, a drama story. Like this is something in New York. Like this type of stuff happens all the time. So for them, it's not really that big of a deal. But people that didn't have to deal with this is like shocking, right? So when I was 14, I actually went to a uh, like a party in the neighborhood where I lived at and I wound up getting shot um, by accident in the back because I, I wasn't really paying attention. I didn't really understand the culture of being safe when you go out to these parties, like the, probably the second party I ever went to. So I didn't understand what I was doing. And I was being cocky. I had my little jeans suit on and I thought I was fly so you know I'm talking to girls and I wasn't paying attention so but in New York when stuff like that happens if you don't die it's not that big of a deal people get shot every day B that's what they say right so um uh you know when when that when that happened to me or whatever I just decided that I'm just gonna keep going like this is it 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 forced me to go even harder and I didn't realize that I was formulating my ball of mindset from that so um is that like a fearlessness, like this invincibility, like, or like you survived this and so therefore you're going balls out? Is that kind of what it means? Well, I felt lucky, right? I, I felt lucky because I actually, because the, the, the bullet actually chipped 
my spleen. Um, my dad is over six feet, so I've been five nine, five ten ish since I was fourteen. I haven't grown since, but um, I still had the talent and the skills to play. So again, with when it came to my height and stuff like that, it didn't really matter as long as I, I had I performed on the court or won a lot of championships playing point guard in uh, in the in the tournaments that I played in and stuff like that. So and, and here's the reason why I even told you about the, you know, the 14 year old thing when I got shot, you know, I purposely because I, I have this thing with me that, you know, I was born with um, that I have empathy for people. So and my dad was really popular in the hood where I'm from. And, um, you know, so when I went outside, you know, I had um, some perks and benefits, whereas, you know, people wouldn't pick on me. You know, I can roam around and be around whoever I want to be around without anybody saying anything. So I started becoming friends with every different type of person. And, you know, I would, you know, be cool with them and try to help in any way that I could, even at that young age. I didn't take advantage of my power, basically what I'm saying. And um, I would help with my power. And um, when, when I got shot, I recognized right away that, you know, older people too, kids too, they make fun of you, right? So I tried to jump in front of that, right? So I jumped in front of that, and when I was in the hospital, I made the joke, and I stuck with it. I said, hey, I'm slow motion, right? So ever since then, people have been calling me slow motion, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, been this joke. Like, everybody think it's, you know, it's a funny joke. Hey, what's up, slow motion, da-da-da, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality of it was I was a super smart student in school. I mean, I don't even want to put it that way. It wasn't, it wasn't hard for me to to just get good grades or understand the information, you know, you know, it wasn't nothing really special in my mind. Um, so I was in enrichment classes, you know, I wasn't in so-called dumb classes or whatever. Um, I was really fast on the basketball court. You know, my basketball dribbling skills is like a one, like I was making people fall with my handles in New York city. So, you know, there was nothing to point at for you to say, Hey, he's really slow motion. But, um, just that alone was, if people had a defense, because if they like, if a kid come outside because their family dynamic isn't the greatest, um, they would feel okay being around me because I wouldn't make them feel, you know, bad mm-hmm. in any type of way. Mm-hmm. So I actually it worked out um, actually pretty well to where I feel like I brought a lot of joy to people from that standpoint. So to get to when you asked me, you know, about coming to the West Coast, I have family um, on the West Coast and. Um, you know, I had my grandmother was out here. She passed away now, but she was out here when I first came to the West Coast. And, um, you know, I decided to go to play. I finished my high school career here, but it didn't work out. And that's a whole nother drama story. There was some discrimination. I mean, just growing up as a so-called black person in America, you you got to go through a whole lot of different situations. But yeah. um, it was definitely a culture shock. And, and, and through my experiences, I started learning that, you know, this whole color thing is a game. Um, because, you know, again, they, you know, from the perspective of when you've grown up in like, let's say, um, an urban community or whatever you, and you haven't really interacted with that many other races other than your own, you seem to think whatever people tell you is what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you get around them and you see like everybody's the same, or there's people not even excelling as much as you, that's the same race as you or whatever, then you, the veil starts coming down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I started experiencing those type of things. And, you know, um, the the situation in high school didn't really work out too well. So I wound up having to fight for a scholarship, actually. Um, and 
in Oregon, in Ontario, Oregon. I went to a place called Treasure Valley, which is funny, but I've never um, heard of that, and I live in Oregon, so it must be small. Yeah, it was in Ontario, Oregon. Um, I purposely went there because their program wasn't the greatest at the time, and they needed help to beat the bigger schools, and that was my perfect opportunity. Oh, I love um, that. That's your empathy. That's that part yeah. of you that wants to help people. I love that. Right. So I went down there, and I, and I actually competed for a spot. I took, the, I took one of the point guards that they was recruiting spots, and then I played on a team that year. Um, so that's what, you know, pretty much got me to the West coast. And then from there, um, you know, there was some drama, um, there's so many different stories that happens, but, and, and, and for sports players too, that's, you know, get scholarships and, um, you know, if they might listen to this kids and their parents, you know, understand they have to talk to their kids and they have to be aware of what happens when you go off to college. Like, um, you know, cause there's certain experiences that I experienced that, you know, could be avoided that I've seen after me kids experience when going to college, especially if you going to college and you living in a dorm with the rest of your teammates and stuff like that. And I had some issues with that was weird, but I had issues with my teammates or some of my teammates. And one in particular, um, I had an issue with this guy. He was like six, eight. And, and that's how I, I, it made me understand, too, that height doesn't really matter. It's all mindset. Right. Yeah. So the fact that he's six, eight, you would think that he wasn't intimidated by me, but he was. Right. Uh, uh-huh. And there was a girl on a basketball team there that liked both of us, but she seemed to like me more. So whenever he he saw her hanging with me, he had a problem. He couldn't understand. I'm taller than him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Why is she hanging out with him? And he had a vendetta against me. And in practice, he would like, you know, be aggressive towards me. And his negative, crazy energy actually um, got me injured. So um, I had got I had got injured in practice dealing with him. And um, that's a crazy story, but that's actually what happened. And I needed surgery. Um, and then I started recognizing the politics behind, you know, how, you know, the whole um, program and system of, you know, um, college ball works and stuff like that. And, you know, it was really, you know, we wasn't you know, like the coach that I had at the time, he he only cared about, you know, winning really, or because he, you know, he was probably under pressure to keep his job. So, you know, since I couldn't help him, if I get injured, then he didn't really show interest in me as much anymore. Did you continue then basketball in college or? Well, that was an eye opener for me. I didn't, I actually, I was going to go, I had a conversation with a coach. I was going to transfer and go to the school called Clark college. And, um, I talked to him, but I kind of like fell out of love a little bit of playing in that type of system of playing basketball. Um, so I kind of said, you know what? Um, and plus I didn't get surgery right away. So, um, in order for me to play at a high level in my mind, I was like, I got to get the surgery first. So I decided to take a break a year off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still play basketball in different leagues and stuff like that on the side. But as far as that level of it, I took a break, I took a break. And, um, and that's when I got, um, the awareness or I started, um, figuring out what I wanted to do. And that's really why I took the break. Cause I was trying to figure out different, more options, like, you know, explore and, you know, see what else I want to do type thing. Mm-hmm. And this is a really common thing. Almost everyone I interview, they, their lives get better once they hit that low moment where like, okay, something's got to change. I can't be in this place anymore. So tell me about that journey after you decided, cause you're obviously an entrepreneur, you have a business that you run and I want to hear more about that, but tell me about that transition and what you were thinking at the time. 
Well, it was really tough from the standpoint of, you know, I just, all I wanted to do was show my talent, really, because I knew I was really good. And I knew, you know, playing in New York, you know, we played with big crowds. It was like so many people that would come out and watch us play um, and perform. So I knew I could perform on a basketball court. I just wanted, you know, more of the world to see it. Um, so that was that was the part that was disappointing for me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, as a young kid, you know, after his first year of college, you know, I just I just started having fun and stuff. Um, actually started, you know, getting into the rap world and, you know, um, getting in a rap group and, um, you know, just, you know, um, working and playing basketball on the side in different tournaments and, um, uh, you know, rapping sometimes at night. Um, just hanging out, having a good time. I, I, was, I was actually staying with my uncle who actually lived on the West Coast at the time. And he was an older guy. He um, he was retired um, from, uh, he was a, a mailman. And he had some, he had a lot of knowledge. And I was really um, grateful to be around him to get the soak in some of his information or how to, you know, how his life, his journey went. And, um, but the thing about it was he was, in, he was programmed to believe that, you know, it was all about me graduating from college. Now, I'm a college dropout, but that didn't stop me in any kind of way. But and and really, to be honest, the only reason why I even went to college was to play basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I was really like from kindergarten all the way to high school, um, I was in the top class in every class. And I went to a specialized high school um, for business and technology. But none of that mattered to me. Like it wasn't what what the joy that I got was interacting with the people at school and playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so the you know the college thing wasn't really that big of a deal to me, but it was to him. So he was really disappointed in me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So, so I, how did you end up in business, though? What how, what led yeah, you to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I usually I, I I I never I don't even think I ever told this side of the story. So um, I was again I was staying with my uncle, and he tre- kept trying to convince me every morning to go back to college. You know, even if I wasn't going to play basketball, just to go back to college. And I didn't want to do that. And, um, you know, we had a falling out. And, um, you know, here's what really was for me, the crossroads for me. Um, We had a falling out and he actually um, called the cops on me and he he kicked me out of his house, even though I was paying him rent. And I didn't understand. I thought he couldn't do that because I was giving him money. But um, I, I got that information and. Um, I had to, I had to really do some soul searching in that situation because I felt like now I have to either put my tail between my legs and then go back to my parents in New York or try to figure this thing out. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I wound up, um, I wound up actually meeting my kids' moms that same day that, um, he, uh, actually called the cops on me and, and, you know, and they had escorted me from the from his house, and um, you know, ever since then, you know, I had the support from her and her family, and I wound up getting a job uh, working in sales um, in Oregon, and um, I excelled, and you know, I've always been a good, you know, people's person, so like everybody that I took out with me to like on a day of op, because you build a team in a, in the direct sales business that I was in. Mm-hmm. I always retained every person that I took out. I had a big team. Mm-hmm. Um, I got promoted quickly. Um, we They flew us out, me and this one other guy, they flew me out. 
um, I actually got it on the wall. I got a, a plaque for being top manager in the office. This is in 2002. Um, we, we flew out to California, Orange County. They taught us how to run a deal out there. They set us in business meetings. And then they wanted me to go out to Tri-Cities, actually, to run my own office. But at that time, um, my, first, my firstborn son, well, I only have one son, but my, my son, my um, first son, Jordan, um, was conceived. Um, and um, at the time, now, mind you, my kids, I, I just have to, I have to make this distinction so um, it has some context. Um, my, uh, my kid's mom family was a rich family. They're they millionaires, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a money issue in my mind with them. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a trick to tell me, because what they were telling me was, well, what my kid's mom was telling me was, since I'm having a baby, um, they not really okay with me going to Tri Cities running this office because mm-hmm. I need to be there for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because what 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 made me look at it differently was, and I and I told this story before. She told um, my mom via email that um, if 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 I quit that job and I have to work at McDonald's, then that's what I have to do to take care of my son. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting coming from a, a woman that has a silver spoon in her mouth. Mm-hmm. So it started making me look at that whole dynamic totally different. And I, and if and I and if I be honest, like uh, from f- before that moment happened, um, her mom was praying for everything, and I didn't. It didn't dawn on me like, okay, wow, I need to step up and you know take care of the situation on my own. Be like, be more independent and you know, actually pay for everything and have things in my name too. Mm-hmm. Right. So when that happened, when she said that to my mom about the McDonald's thing, I said, Oh no, I got to get us out there. Cause we live in an apartment at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to get us an apartment underneath my name or even both our names, just so we be more independent from, you know, somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And that was probably one of the, the best decisions that I've made. Cause it empowered me a little bit, you know, um, to and not it, feel like we needed her family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then when that happened, we wind, I wound up, you know, we had a, I had a balcony in our apartment and um, I actually made my mom, she, my, my mother, she is one of those type of people that she doesn't want any problems with people. She wants to be nice. She wants to play nice. And she says, you know, do, you know, do what makes it, uh, makes everybody happy type thing. And, you know, I'm defiant, so I'm not really on that wave, that frequency like that. But, you know, for my moms and the sake of my, um, my, my kids' moms and you know, all parties around, I said, you know what? I'm going to quit doing this sales job and I'm just going to get like a regular job. But there's no way I'm working at McDonald's. No disrespect to the people that work at McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I wound up getting like a forklift job, a warehouse job. And it was, you know, dead end and it wasn't nothing special. So I was, I, one day I was, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I started questioning myself, like, man, I left New York for this. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, then my higher self or God or the universe, whoever way you want to slice it, started talking to me. Mm. What and, did it say? Oh man, um, my higher self was like, look, you know what you want, you know what you can do, you know what you love to do. First of all, you love basketball. You've been playing basketball your whole life. You played in a bunch of different tournaments on the East Coast, on the West Coast. Um, 
you might if you don't want to do that type of business and you want to you want to not have a cap on how much money you make just start your own business and then i'm i'm an artist too i can draw like my grandfather who actually trained me to play basketball in the beginning he taught me the fundamentals of basketball and and side note the reason why i'm so compassionate and uh, uh, empathetic to people and caring and kind is because of my grandfather because um, he gave me that example growing up in New York. I've seen that through him. Mm. And if I wouldn't have seen that, I probably would have been like one of those crazy New Yorkers that just don't care about nobody. Right. Because, like, there was, huh? I think it's important to have a mentor. Like, yeah, definitely. One person, one person to mentor you. So you had definitely. that. Definitely. So yeah, I definitely had a lot of people that I looked up to, but he was the, he was special because he was the only one that was nice all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay, so then you are in that crossroads. You're getting divine, like, hey, you got to do something more. Follow your passion and purpose, and then what? Yeah, so my my high self was telling me, hey, you know, you can start your own business, and you can, you know, do basketball stuff. That's what you love to do. You can run basketball tournaments. And that same morning, that that morning, three o'clock in the morning, I just grabbed a something told me grab a pen and a pad, and I start drawing out the first logo for my first coast to coast ballers basketball tournament that I did in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it just took off. Like, I, and honestly, I, you know, I did it, you know, not necessarily business wise, because again, you know, even though I, 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 I took more ownership on like being more of a provider, you know, her, her, my kids, mom's family, I was together with her at the time. They had so much abundance it really wasn't about money at that point. You know what I mean? So I really was doing it to fulfill some happiness that I wanted to have. So um, when I started the basketball tournament, I played in it and I got all my baller friends, the local ballers in town to play in it. So all of the guys that was like pretty good, that was, you know, had pro talent um, to play college ball. We all just came together and played in my coast to coast ballers basketball event. And what's it now? What's it grown into now? Now we doing. Now we got kids. We we doing little girls teams. We doing little boys teams. We we. Uh, I'm I'm working on you know the whole community, and it's not. And when I first decided to do that that morning, when I came up with the coast to coast name, or my higher self came up with the coast to coast name, it was always because I knew that my heart was still in New York, and my heart was to help as many people as I could. So that would be coast to coast. So I can help people coast to coast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't put any, um, you know, is, is no limit on where I can go to, to bring some excitement or some empowerment with these basketball events for any city yeah. in the U S or even overseas. I, I like to say coast to coast around the world now, because I talk to so many different people all over the place. Yeah. Do you believe that we all have a gift and that's meant to manifest? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of illusions out here, right? A lot of tricks, but the reality of it is we are like one source, everybody, like we're all one. So we all possess the power to do, you know, there's a quote where they said, um, you know, I think it was, what was it? Um, um, Jobs or Bill Gates, one of them, somebody who created something, you know, if a man created it, then you can too type thing. Right. So, you know, I was always, that's what made me so empathetic for people because I just knew they just didn't tap in. Right. Like, and that's what, that's my mantra. Like I say, tap into the baller mindset and um, watch the baller effect happen because I believe that, um, you know, all this stuff is frequencies. 
and energy, right? So just people don't tap into that frequency. That's the abundant frequency. And, you know, we wasn't taught how to, so you don't know. So how can I be mad or, or, or how can I blame you or even like say anything bad about you because you don't, you didn't know how to tap in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, if you do what you love, the rest will follow. You just have That's to how you tap it, right? Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, Jamie, I really appreciate your story and you sharing your journey. It's really inspiring. And I love that you're doing this coast to coast ballers enterprises. And I know it's going to be successful because you have all the right parts in place as far as having the passion having the right purpose, having the heart, having the empathy, caring about people. I mean, it's all just awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've already had a lot of success, so I'm really grateful um, for all the success that I had so far. So, yeah. um, you And know. you sharing your story here will help all your, your people and my people really see that sometimes that journey takes a while, but you never gave up on yourself mm-hmm. and you had the right mentors and you just did it. And I tell people all the time, if there's not a door, you make your door. You make it. Yeah. Out. Yes. I've been making my door forever and it's never going to stop. I so, love it. I love yeah. it. Well, Jamie, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Um, I'm on every social media platform. And I'm I'm blessed to be followed by the thousands. So you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Baller uh, Baller Gang Global Head Honcho. Um, on Facebook, it's uh, Young Motion is Robert Walls Jr. Um, on Twitter, it's I am Young Motion. Um, on LinkedIn, it's Young Motion, and they can also find me at coasttocoastballers.com. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for being here. And thank you, everyone, for listening. If any of you out there has an amazing story to share or willing to share your journey on here, it's so helpful for other people to hear your journey because it inspires everyone. And, Jamie, your story is so inspiring. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And um, to your followers and to all my followers that's going to be listening to this, stay tuned because I, um, a lot of people know already, but the Baller Mindset book is coming soon. And then the Bola Effect book is coming right after that. So I'm excited to put that out. Yes, yes. You keep going, Jamie. I love (laughs) it. And if anyone wants to get on my show, just go to my website at michelle-elder.com. I'm sorry, dash joy. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And happy manifesting.